This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, the latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. Whether you're playing money lines, totals, props, futures, boosted parlays, or even live betting, WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, MMA, boxing, tennis, golf, and more? It is all right there in your WinBet app. Listing in Michigan or New Jersey. Try your hand inside WinBet's digital casino. All your favorite games from the casino floor are now in the palm of your hand. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts, discounted hotel stays, priority and entertainment, free merchandise too. It really is the finest loyalty program in the industry. Call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you've absolutely got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Unfortunately for some of our rookie quarterbacks this year, when you they're having to start in week one, they're having to make those mistakes in front of a live national audience, uh, which makes it a little bit more challenging. But you can certainly see the talent is there, the skill set is there, and now it's just a matter of putting all that together into what we call a professional quarterback. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast, episode 189. Great to be back with you. And I'm excited to be joined this week by a longtime NFL QB. He is a two-time winner of the NFL Comeback Player of the Year Award. He led the NFL in completion percentage twice and QB rating once during an 11-year career. And he was a Heisman finalist back in 1999. Of course, I'm talking about Chad Pennington. Chad retired nearly a decade ago, but he has stayed very close to the game. He currently is coaching high school football in Lex Vegas, Lexington, Kentucky. And he's still plugged into the NFL as well, meaning he has advice for Zach Wilson. Plenty of thoughts on being a QB in New York, insight into what Cam Newton is going through right now, and a whole lot more. So let's not waste any more time getting to this chat. It's episode 189 with Chad Pennington, and it starts right now. So, Chad, it's been a moment or two since you and I have spoken. It's great to have you on the podcast here. First things first, how are you, Chad? And for those who do not know, what are you up to these days? <laughs> well, I feel like I'm the busiest retired man alive. Um, I am uh, coaching high school football and middle school football with my sons, which is uh, quite the honor and, and privilege to be able to do that. And then also working with the NFL Legends community as co-executive director, helping our men and their families transition away from the game of football when they leave the NFL. And then this year also working with the Mayo Clinic, which is a really a neat honor for me to be able to work with them 
with the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year awards with uh, college football. So it's uh, twice the 2021 year for me. Okay, I was going to say, you don't sound so retired, but these are all things I want to get into. Chad, you mentioned that you're coaching high school football and also middle school football. I can only speak as somebody who did not play the game at a high level at all and what a thrill it's been to watch my kids play high school baseball. I've got to know from you as somebody who did play the game at the highest level, what's it been like coaching your kids? Well, it's been a lot of fun, Jim. I, I grew up on a Friday night bus. My, my dad was a high school football coach for 30 years, so uh, I, I really see the importance of the game of football at the high school level and being able to develop these young student-athletes and use the game as a platform to do that. So it's been a lot of fun. Sometimes it's challenging trying to manage the difference between dad and coach, but at the same time just really trying to be around my boys and just enjoy them growing up and maturing and trying to uh, not waste any minute because it's going by fast. I've got a senior now, and I'm trying to push the pause button because it's going by way too fast. Gotcha. Yeah, that's so funny you say that, but it's not funny at all. I think that exact same thing almost every single day. There's got to be a button that we can push to slow this thing down because that clock is spinning so fast. I've got one in college already, and I've got a junior in high school, and I always use that or think that same exact analogy. How do we push the button? You mentioned the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year. You're an ambassador for that. I'm curious, what's that program all about, and what kind of work are you doing with those folks? Well, it's a really neat initiative. You know, if anybody knows anything about the Mayo Clinic and the great research they do, they certainly know that an answer can help one find their way, and which is why they're honoring football student-athletes for their perseverance. And so every week what we're going to be doing throughout the college football season is recognizing three players from all levels of college football making comebacks, whether it be from injury, illness, or another challenge. And then at the end of the season, there will be three Mayo Clinic Comeback Players of the Year uh, honored at the Fiesta Bowl. And Mayo Clinic will actually donate $30,000 in scholarships on their behalf to those universities. So last year we had uh, Kenneth Corsi from Kentucky, Silas Kelly from Coastal Carolina, and Jared Broussard of Colorado. They had amazing stories. I remember Kenneth you know, coming back from open-heart surgery. Could you even imagine? I mean, mm. just the fact that he's out there on the field is unbelievable. And so uh, people can actually nominate a candidate, and they can actually learn more about these stories at comeback-player.com. And it's just being a two-time comeback player myself, I know how much energy and effort and the support group that you have to have to make a comeback like that. And, and these uh, these young student-athletes are certainly true inspirations. There's no doubt about it. Excellent cause. And as you mentioned, Chad, you won that award twice in the NFL, so you know what it's like to bounce back and come back from adversity. So as somebody who played at that level in that position, let me get your thoughts on a couple of things, if you don't mind. Jets first-rounder Zach Wilson made his NFL debut this past weekend. I know that he reached out to you as well as a few others to ask what it was like to play quarterback in the NFL. What did you tell him at that time, and what advice did you have for him? Well, my, my advice would be, number one, just to be patient, right? Be patient with yourself. Understand that you've got a lot of upside, a lot of ability. That's why they brought you into the organization. But it's going to take time. It takes time to truly learn how to be a professional quarterback both on and off the field. And when you watch Zach play on Sunday, you can see there's times where you see greatness and there's times where you see him being a rookie, right? And it's just part of the maturation process. And unfortunately for some of our rookie quarterbacks this year, when you they're having to start in week one, they're having to make those mistakes in front of a live national audience, uh, which makes it a little bit more challenging. But you can certainly see the talent is there, the skill set is there. And now it's just a matter of putting all that together into what we call a professional quarterback. I get that it can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing and waiting for a train. 
And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you might feel a little tempted. You might try and sneak across the tracks. Don't do it. Ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they actually are. And they cannot stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can still take a train over a mile, a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is this. You can't know how quickly the train is going to arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it still ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you need to remember just one thing. Stop, because trains can't. Paid for by NHTSA. Now, Chad, to that point, like you said, be patient, be patient when in reality the, the league's no longer patient, right? He's not the only one. He's out there playing. Trevor Lawrence is out there playing. Mac Jones is starting from the jump. I mean, is that that's just how it is right now. But is that how it should be? Or would all of these guys be better served waiting and learning? Uh, there's no doubt they're better served waiting and learning. Unfortunately, for each organization, the situation is different, right? I mean, not everybody can have the Patrick Mahomes route or the Aaron Rodgers route where they can learn from a great veteran and then step in. And so, unfortunately, these guys have to play now. Now it's up to the organizations to make sure that they're judging clearly and they're assessing clearly, knowing that they're learning on the job while you're trying to win football games, which is really, really difficult. And so uh, just take a look at Sam Darnold. Look how he played yesterday after three years. And this is where I'm talking about the patience part. Uh, he was decisive. He was accurate. He made uh, plays with his arm and his leg. That's the patience that I'm talking about. It just takes time to truly develop these guys. You know, I'm glad, Chad, you brought up Sam Darnold because I'm in Southern California. And obviously when he played at USC, I thought that he would come out and, and play great football in the NFL. And by the way, he may still, right? Things obviously did not work out for him in New York. As you look at that situation, how much do you think of that is on him? And then how much of that is on the organization and the coaching staff and him just not having what he needed, the kind of support he needed? Yeah, I, I place a lot of that on the organization. The reason that I do, Jim, is because you can't place a billion-dollar organization on the shoulders of a 21-, 22-year-old. You just can't. Now, you can ask him to do his job and be a part of the puzzle, but he can't necessarily go win you football games that early in his career. Even Tom Brady wasn't asked to win football games his first two, three, four years, right? They played great defense. They didn't turn the ball over. And he was asked to make a couple plays here and there, and then once he got into it, if you remember around 07, they brought in Randy Moss, they brought in Wes Welker. Then they started to ask Tom to do more offensively. And so that, that's where, where the organization really has to have the right plan and put the right people around the quarterback to where he doesn't feel like he's got to be perfect and make every play just to have a chance to win the game. So then, Chad, to that point, I mean, tough enough to play that position in that league at a young age, but you can speak to this. Is it different, or how different is it playing that position in that town as opposed to any other city in the NFL? It's definitely different, Jim. The intensity is different, right? I mean, uh, when I went to Miami, I had about half of the reporters in my locker room Uh, after practice compared to New York. And so the intensity level and the scrutiny of that, um, of your play is is definitely different. Everyone's trying to get 
an angle on the same story and report something a little bit different with the same information at hand. And so it can certainly provide a challenge for you as a young professional, making sure that you know how to handle that correctly, that you don't put too much into it, but you're obviously honest and real uh, with the guys you're working with and with the reporters you're working with. I, I learned a great deal from Vinny Testaverde and learning how to not get too high, not get too low, really stay even killed and handle it correctly. Hmm, interesting. You mentioned Tom Brady, too, that even Tom Brady, and I want to talk about him in a minute, but even Tom Brady didn't have the kind of support and weapons around him, and then he got Randy Moss and he got Wes Welker. You can speak to what it's like to be a quarterback and have Randy Moss around you. I mean, even, Chad, in a league with some of the greatest athletes ever, then you've got Randy, an outlier amongst outliers. Like, when you were at Marshall, what was it like when he walked on campus and then walked on the field and you saw what he routinely did in practice and to opposing defenses? Had you ever seen anything like that before? No, and, and I don't think I ever will. I mean, right. it, it was unbelievable. Uh, I remember some of our veteran players sneaking into the freshman practices early in fall camp just to get a glimpse of Randy, and uh, he, he never disappointed. You know, he, he was so competitive. He worked really hard, um, and, he, and he wanted to be great. And then what was really amazing, Jim, is that the same plays that he made in high school that were unbelievable, he made those plays in college. And then he made those same plays in the pros. And typically you don't see that type of, uh, you know, athleticism continue to go. Typically as you move up in levels, then it starts to level out. But with Randy, he was always making those plays regardless of what level he played on. And I think that's what made him really great. And when you look at his skill set and when you look at a receiver and you're, you're trying to look for soft hands, great awareness, great knowledge of the game, speed, size, he checks off all the boxes. Uh, and then he was able to make plays with that talent as well. Amazing. So let me ask you this. Like, Chad, when you look at him, like, and I, I don't want to generalize, but, you know, especially back in the day and even even now to a certain extent, receivers are just kind of a different breed. You know, they're used to being, like, incredible athletes and being set apart. So maybe, maybe, maybe they've got a little diva in them. You talked about his work ethic. You talked about his amazing skill set. What was he like as a teammate? He was fun. I mean, one of the most fun drills in practice was one-on-one. He loved just to mix it up with the DBs and just get after it. And he was always competitive. It didn't matter if we were going one-on-one, playing basketball in Gullickson Hall or playing dominoes. He wanted to win. And so that was what made practice really fun. Anytime we had a competition type of thing going on in practice, he was right in the middle of it. Uh, whether he was trying to make the play or cheering somebody on to make the play, uh, he, he loved that part of it. Let me drop some stats on you. Did you know two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35? Did you know that more than 50 million men in the U.S. suffer from male pattern baldness? Did you know that there are only two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss? And did you know that Keeps offers both? Now you do. Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered right to your front door every three months, and you do not even need to leave your home. Plus, low-cost treatment starting at only 10 bucks per month, and Keeps offers generic versions and discreet packaging and proven results. What more could you ask for? Well, how about this? Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of the competition. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so you want to move right now. 
If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, just go to keeps.com slash Rome and get your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash Rome and get that first month free. keeps.com slash Rome. So, Chad, you guys had that magical year, your senior year. I mean, you had a great career at Marshall, but it culminated in that senior year when you led them to a 13-0 mark and you were a Heisman finalist. I mean, obviously, you'll look ahead always, but as you look back, what do you remember most about that season, and what was that like for you personally? Well, what I remember most, uh, first of all, the 20 guys that came in with my class, and we all graduated together. And so you remember those relationships and that common bond that football brings to us all, regardless of our race or background or experiences. We all had that common bond and that common purpose that we worked toward. And then, two, you know, I really learned at Marshall through our head coach, Coach Pruitt, not to be a victim of the word no. And, and if you believe in your preparation and – and you know what you're doing, why you're doing it, how to do it. Uh, you can accomplish great things together. And so there was never a game, whether we walked into Death Valley at Clemson or playing BYU in the bowl game or whomever it was, we knew we were prepared and, and we were going to win. I mean, that was just our mindset. And so, you know, we were kind of the BCS buster before the BCS busters. And so uh, it, was, it was just a great time to be part of uh, Marshall University and that program. Our program won more games in the 90s than any football program and college football on all levels and uh, it was a fun time to be a college student athlete in fact Chad, you guys were the bcs busters before there was such a thing like you won the motor city bowl that year there was one only one other team that went undefeated that year of course the national champs florida state as you mentioned you beat clemson you beat byu you know looking back how do you think you would have fared if you got that shot against peter warwick and anquan bolden seabass and the rest of the seminoles if given that shot how would that have gone well, we, we would have given it everything we had. I mean, and, and the one thing that we had that a lot of uh, mid-majors did not have at the time, we had speed. We could run. Um, you know, and, and as we moved into 1997, we moved into Division One. Uh, we realized we didn't have the depth that we needed to have. And so as we progressed into 98 and 99, we were able to gain that depth to be able to hang in there. And so it would have been fun to – you know, have a chance at a playoff system. And I played in the FCS playoffs my first two years in college, and that was just an amazing atmosphere and just a fun thing to be a part of. So I'm a big fan of, of college football playoffs, for sure. You know, Chad, it seems to me like when you talk about overcoming adversity, and again, you were a two-time comeback player of the year in the NFL, a lot of what happens to guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of what happens to guys certainly is situational, right? You want to end up in the right situation, and a lot of it's out of your control. Do you ever catch yourself wondering, and, and again, you had a really nice career and a really nice football life, but do you ever catch yourself wondering what things might have been like if Bill Belichick did not go from the Jets to the Pats the year that you came in? I mean, would your career have been different or how different, or do you even think about that? You know, the one thing I do catch myself wondering about is the injury piece, and I felt like when I look back on it, I probably tried to come back too early off the first major shoulder surgery. And and if I had to do it all over again, I probably would be a little bit slower with that rehab. But at the same time, you know, as a competitor, it's ingrained in you to push the limit and to get back and to be available. And so it's a very fine line and, and something that's really hard to balance. And so when I look at that, I just wonder if I would have rehabbed a little bit slower and really got truly healthy could I have stayed away from a second and a third shoulder injury, which then 
being healthier and, and, and being available for my team, I felt like, you know, I could have been more productive. That's, that's certainly something I think about. Well, I think that's such an interesting point you just make because, I, I mean, isn't it hammered in since day one that availability is your best ability? So I'm kind of curious. I mean, there is a line, right? The game teaches toughness. It demands toughness. You want to be there for your teammates. So even your kids, you're coaching your kids right now. Where is the line and what's your message to them when it comes to things like that? Well, there's there's no doubt there's a line and, and you've got to be able to fight through it. But if you feel like, you know, if it's a major injury that requires time to heal and time to rehab, I think you really got to think hard about that, uh, especially as a young player because time is on your side. If it's nicks and bruises and, and bumps and things like that, you can certainly play through that. But we're talking about major injuries with ACLs and rotator cuffs and things like that, that really affect your ability to perform at your highest level, then you really got to think hard about that as far and make sure you have the right plan and you feel good about the plan and you execute the plan. I did feel like we had a great plan in rehabbing. I, I felt like I probably pushed the envelope and was too competitive with trying to beat all of the deadlines and diagnosis. So that, that was one of you know things that I think about a lot. Again, it's got to be hard, right? It's a fine line. That's that's what got you where you were. That's what made you a Heisman right. finalist. That's what made you a star in college and got you to the NFL. So I would imagine that's got to be really challenging. You know, Chad, when I said to you at the very top, like, what are you up to now? You laid out the three things. You're working with the Mayo Clinic. You're coaching high school ball and middle school ball. And also you're working with players to help them deal with life after football. I'm curious, like, in your experience, what is the biggest challenge that NFLers face once their football playing days are over? That's a great question, and I, I think it's twofold. One, it's to make sure that their identity is not completely wrapped up in the football. That's number one, to make sure that they understand who they are once they take the helmet off and that it's not just about them as a football player. And then two, it's about how do they repurpose their skill set. Uh, football gives you such a great skill set to be able to operate in the next chapter of your life, especially in the corporate world uh, where they want accountability, they want the ability to work with a team, they want you to be able to accept constructive criticism and all these great lessons and life skills that football teaches us. Quite frankly, as football players, we take these for granted. Not a lot of people have that skill set. And so as we work with our men and their families as they transition away from the game, it's about, okay, listen, here's the skill set football is giving you. This is a high-priced commodity. You can use this and leverage this. Now let's repurpose it. Where's your passion lie? Where do you want to do? How, how do you want to uh, move forward? And once they get that, because we are passionate people, they do really, really well with it. Uh, we've got so many great men that are doing great things, whether it be running their own businesses or working in government or working in large corporations uh, and also doing great things in the community as well. So once they really get that secret sauce of understanding who they are, I think the sky is the limit. Boy, it's such a good point, right? Because a lot of these guys are just, they're wired for it. Or they've learned from an early age that you need that focus, that discipline, and you're a higher achiever and you just, you need to find a way to take that same thing, right? And transfer it to the next thing. Before I let you go, Chad, I'm really curious, like, like Cam Newton is an example I'm moving on to the next topic, but as a guy, because Mac Jones obviously got that job and the Patriots decided not to keep Cam, they cut him. When you're that guy and you're a star in college and you're the first pick overall and you're a former league MVP and you take Carolina to the Super Bowl and you're 32 and you think you can still play at a high level or a high enough level and then you get cut and suddenly you don't even have a job, 
What's that like for somebody like that who's always been the guy? And what do you think is going through his head now? Jim, it's tough. I went through it when I was cut uh, by the Jets. And, you know, for uh, all of Cam's career, especially in football, he's been the guy, like you said, and he's always been wanted. He's been the man. And so once you deal with not being the man anymore, it's difficult. It's a challenge emotionally um, and mentally to, to work through that. And I think, uh, you know, for him, you know, going back and seeing who he is as a quarterback, also understanding that there's always room for improvement and then trying to make sure that people understand who you are and the reality of who you are and not the perception of who you are, who they think you are, is really, really important. I still think he's got some great football uh, to play, and I also think he's got a lot to give to the game, especially to, to the younger players. So uh, I'm hoping that he's able to latch on somewhere and really dive into this thing and give back to the game for sure. I mean, in your mind, is he still a QB1? Is he still good enough and healthy enough to start the NFL? Absolutely. Uh, you know, this league is always looking for solid quarterback play. And the one thing that Cam has always had is that he's had good fundamentals. He's, he's had a great fundamental base. I think what he's learning now is being able to translate some of his skill set into more of a passer and not take the beating running the football like he did early in his career. But I still think he's got a lot to give. There's no doubt. So, Chad, like you said, like when it happened to you towards the end of your career, like were you able to kind of accept that? Or was that, frankly, was that, were there dark times that you went through and was that hard for you? There were definitely dark times. And, uh, you know, you got to have a support system to work you through that uh, because you start to question everything. You question how you're working, what you're working on, your own skill set. Um, and, and you've got to really rely on people to kind of help work you through that. And then once you get that next opportunity, you know, when I had a chance to go to Miami, uh, it was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. And although I was going to one in 15 team, I was like, man, this is, you know, let's, let's go lead these guys. Let's get back. We had a really young team and I, I knew that they needed some leadership on the offensive side. And so it was an amazing opportunity for me to really, you know, affect some of the young players and show them how to do things being a nine year vet. And, uh, once we got the ball rolling and started believing in what we were doing, you know, the sky was the limit. So that was a, a very special time for me uh, later on in my career. Yeah, because you want somebody to want you and believe in you and respect what you have to bring to it. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake or eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender. It's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire, and it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, wherever. So look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying that way. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Oh, Trapper, what's your beef? Help me with this really quickly, if you don't mind. Like, as a layperson, I've never really understood this, and I kind of want to try. The the NFL is an amazing league. It just is. It's the biggest thing in the world. It's an amazing league. I'm sure that you would say that it's set me and my family up, and it's taught me incredible lessons. I have some of the best relationships in my life. We could go on and on, but it is ruthless, and it is pretty violent. And, yes, you know what you signed up for, but my question is this. If you're a player and you literally are willing to sacrifice and risk your life— to go out there and put it on the line, and then the team, it's such a ruthless business, Chad. Like, they can just cut you, and then when they're done with you, they're done with you. How do you process that and reconcile mm-hmm. that? How does that work? 
Well, that's probably the biggest challenge, especially for our young players, because you've played a game your whole life where it was one for all, all for one, right? And now you throw the business side into the game of football. And sometimes it just doesn't go together. And so what you've got to do is be able to separate your football life in between the white lines from your business life and personal life outside of that building and realize that sometimes your goals as a player do not align with the organization goals. And so sometimes you got to put yourself in the, in the, the seat of the owner or the shoes of the general manager going, okay, listen, he, you know, they're looking at their team and what they need to do to continue to move forward. And I may or may not be, um, you know, in that plan. And that's okay because if I've handled my business correctly and I'm a professional and I bring a lot to the table, I promise you those other 31 teams, somebody will need me if I'm doing it correctly. And so that, that's what you have to kind of train yourself and take that emotional piece out of it, which is really hard because football is an emotional game. You've been taught to be emotional about it and be passionate about it. And then the business side comes into it, which really changes the whole dynamic. Appreciate that. Two really quick thoughts. And I so appreciate your time. I'm curious about Cole. He's going to go to Marshall. And how did you approach that? Like, were you really involved in the decision and the recruiting process? Or did you kind of leave that up to Cole? Well, it was one of the most difficult processes I've ever been through uh, as a parent. Uh, recruiting in today's world is much different than when I was being recruited. What I tried to do was, first of all, you know, prepare him physically and mentally. And, and he really came to me and said, listen, that when the pandemic hit, okay, it's time. I really got to put in the work. I've got a chance to take advantage of this shutdown here. Let's really start to hone in. So he really honed in on changing his body as an athlete, working on his skill set as a quarterback. And then once things opened up to where we could go to camps and things, it was really about him performing and showing what he could do, being at a smaller school, showing he could still play with the big boys, so to speak, and showing his skill set. At the end of the day, it, it came down to his decision. And one of the biggest things we talked about, Jim, was, hey, listen, you need to look at schools. And when you're making this decision, can you envision yourself going there if you didn't have football? Because mm-hmm. you've got to enjoy going to school there as well and being a student athlete. And, and if football's ever taken away, do you, do you see yourself enjoying going to school there? And then secondly, for him, he's a big relationship guy. He wanted to make sure he had he felt good about the relationships there with the coaches and the staff, also the people around in the community. And we have family in southern West Virginia, which certainly helped. But it was a tough decision. He had a big decision to make, and, and at the end he, he decided that Marshall was the place. I think another big thing for him was he did not want that to be a legacy type of scholarship. He wanted to earn it. And so when he was able to go to Akron and, and Akron offered him a scholarship and Ball State and some other places, that gave a little bit more validity to be for him to be able to make a true decision, and he chose Marshall. I like all that so much. I like the part especially where he that he was mature enough and had the perspective to know that, all right, it's in the pandemic right now. I need to take advantage of this time. I need to come out of this thing better than I went into it. I also love the advice that you gave him, Chad, that, hey, listen, if all of a sudden football is suddenly not there, you want to make sure that this is still the place you want to be. My final question, and I love this, that you're, you're still in Lexington, right? Correct. Okay, so I love that because, I mean, you lived and worked in New York. You lived and worked in South Florida. Lexington is an amazing town, and I say that as somebody who has spent time there. I've got business there. I have equine interest there. I've got friends who moved from California. I absolutely love Lex Vegas or Lexington. What's it like for you to live and work there? You know what? I've, we have really enjoyed it. Believe it or not, we've been here now nine years, and uh, 
I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee. My wife is from Southern West Virginia. We both went to Marshall. And when we were looking at places to settle down and raise a family, the Lexington Central Kentucky area kept answering all those questions uh, where we could be around good medical and good schools, having University of Kentucky there. Uh, we were close enough to family. We were close enough to our university. And so it really checked off a lot of boxes for us. And, and we've enjoyed it. We really have. Chad, PBN, man, you, again, you've been around sports your whole life. It, nothing quite like that big blue nation. What's that like to be around? <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. I tell you, it's, it's been fun because now with the football team and the football program doing so well and being so competitive, it's not only about basketball. It's both basketball and football. And I'll tell you what, uh, this place loves baseball as well. This is one of the few places in America that still have really strong little leagues and, and little league programs and community programs. And so they love their baseball as well. So it, it's certainly a great sports town, no doubt about it. I love hearing that. My two sons, we have two sons, both play baseball. And I absolutely love baseball, high school baseball, little league baseball, travel ball baseball, college baseball. It's all good. Well, Chad, obviously you are staying very, very busy in, quote, retirement with the Mayo Clinic Comeback Player of the Year. You're an ambassador there, coaching and everything else. Great to get caught up. I really do appreciate the visit, the long visit, Chad. Thank you so much for that. That was a blast. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Hey, you want to hear something incredible? Discover matches all the cash back that you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. Now, how incredible is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. That's where. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations do apply. My thanks to Chad Pennington for making time for the side hustle this week. This guy was a pro's pro during his NFL career, and you can see why. Very serious about football. He's got tremendous insight as well. Great to pick his brain in an extended chat. Now, if you're looking for more insightful discussions just like that one, you have come to the right place because we have a lot more on the way, such as episode 190, which is going to hit the digital shelves next week. And if you take a chance to subscribe, that episode will find its way directly to you as soon as it's live. So take me up on that offer. And in the meantime, let me offer you your voicemails. First new message. What's up, Vance Mac? It's Brady. A new Burger King just opened down the street from me, and they've been giving out these coupons that say Golden Ticket on them. So i got to ask, would that be good for the smack-off? And if so, would it be transferable? Because I might have to put that bad boy up on eBay. Message deleted. Next message. Yo, pimp in a box, Van Smack, Jim Jumpman, Drew. It's Cabray from the Bay. So everybody's killing Drew Brees about that new hairdo, right? You know that's that money. He paying for that hair club for men. We all know it. His hairdo is messed up, but look at Carlos Boozer back in the day. His hair started sweating all over his damn face. Look at LeBron. And then just look at KD, Mr. Fake Twitter Instagram guy. Look at the taco meat on top of his head. That looked disgusting. That's garbage. And then we're going to take it all the way back to the GOAT, MJ. Before MJ started letting, looking crappy, he said, I'm just going to cut it all off. That's it. That's all. You know, so people walk around with bad hair. They all can't have good hair like yours truly, Cabray from the Bay. And once again, an empire is bigger than a nation. Message saved. Next message. Hey, Rome, what's up? This is David from Buffalo. I watched that Sunday night game last night. Unbelievable when you put a few weapons 
you have the right coach around a quarterback like Stafford. The guy, you know, for years stuck around Detroit with a team that, you know, never put the right pieces around him. They screwed up the whole coaching situation when they hired that idiot Matt Patricia. Stafford proved not only on the first drive, but he proved in the second half that he could lead this team to a Super Bowl. If I was the Bears, the clock on Justin Fields is starting now. I mean, there is no reason to play Andy Dalton. You need to find a guy who can actually win you games, not a guy who is trying not to lose. Out. Message saved. Next message. Wrong flight. This haiku, or lack thereof, that you just shared had me thinking. I wrote a haiku once when I was in college making some perhaps not so responsible decisions. But anyways, it went like this. I'm high as a kite. I'm higher like a flyer smoking garlic salt. There you go, Rome. Have a great day. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, Justin, and Melbourne. I want to backtrack a couple weeks. I believe some of the Bills Mafia members were calling the uh, the pod, slamming and spewing propaganda of nonsense, how the Bills were going to wax the Steelers in week one. Hey, Buffalo, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> message saved. Next message. Yes, this is Ken in Milwaukee. I just want to have a word on the Green Bay Packers. I just want to let you know this is what you get when one guy starts running the show. The Packers are not going to win anything with this defense anyways, and they should have started rebuilding last year. Rodgers can walk away saying, well, it's not his fault. You didn't get my guys, and Green Bay may not get nothing in return. One last thing, Jim, I wish CBS would stop messing around with your show. I don't need to see the International Swim League or soccer scores. I mean, what's next, the International Flag Football Reports? I'm glad I really found your show on iPad, so. Message saved. You have no more messages.